story changes everything. If we understand the potency of that, the power of that, then we are going to treat story differently any other day. I didn't have a computer, I didn't have a laptop. I had a phone and I had to borrow a friend's laptop to work or go to an internet cafe. I'm not sure if it's popular in other parts of the world. And I literally did that on social media, tell stories and take movies and use that to tell marketing stories and how what it could teach people on what they should do with their businesses. And that's literally what created the first few clients that I got and writing those stories inside Facebook groups and stuff like that ended up like landed me clients like in the what like at the time five hundred dollars thousand dollars and I was so shocked that I could write on social media and I could get clients and I a particular time it landed me a $4,000-$5,000 client just for by writing stories in less than an hour and putting it in the Facebook group. So I love digital technology and I'm really excited about the subject today. From now on, nobody should tell your story. You should be the one telling your story. Don't complain that you don't have computer, you don't have the high-end telecamera. You don't need that. You don't absolutely need that. Like uh, Tanya said, the smartphone that you have is enough. author of the storytelling series for small businesses and content creators. In Obehit Podcast, we talk about the power of your story, your narrative, and why you should own your voice. Whether you are a small business owner, a content entrepreneur, or you simply want to build your influence, storytelling is probably going to be your best instrument to connect with your audience. So join the awakened few who are owning their voices. Now let's get started with today's episode. So thank all of you for joining us. Uh, my name is Obehi Ewafo, and I'm originally from Nigeria, but I'm living in the northern city of Italy, which is called Verona. Uh, so sometime in 2004, when I came to Italy, I started to sort of uh, research about the presence of Africans in northern Italy, particularly in this city. So I started to put their story together because I was sort of curious. I wanted to understand why these people came to this place because some of them have been here for like 35 sometimes 40 years uh in this city so i wanted to know their story so that is how i started the research that i titled the journey so that research will later uh, last for a couple of uh, years up to like eight years uh and it, it led me to produce uh two books the first one is um the journey which is the title of the project itself and the second one is the color of our children uh, then I also produced a documentary, uh, which I screened uh, in different parts of Northern Italy. And with that documentary, I actually won an award at the Verona International Film Festival, which is a festival here in my city. And uh, that is where I would like to touch a little uh, a bit here before I move to the conversation of today, uh, which is uh, the use of uh, technology or digital storytelling uh, to be able to uh, amplify our message. So I remember. In 2013, something like that, when I started this project, I have just finished uh, a course with the uh, New York Film School Direct then, and I wanted to sort of uh, start uh, practicing what I learned in the school. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a camera. I just have a, a, a small... Anyway, yeah, I have a small camera. I can't actually call it a camera. It looks like a telephone, very small uh, uh, tool that I have then. So with that on my hands, I just went around in the city. I started interviewing people because I could just plug it somewhere and I will record the interview of the people. It's just like a, a small smartphone, call it like that. So what I, what I, that actually helped me to be able to record the conversation of the people. Uh, and then I used that to create the documentary, which I then screen. So what I'm actually trying to say is, uh, with that, and in respect to what we are going to be talking about today, is that technology or the use of digital to be able to tell story can actually be very useful for us 
and it can help us to amplify our voice, uh, particularly within the area of business. Hi guys, welcome to this room. Hi, Obey. Wow, you never even shared that you won an award with that documentary. This is the first time I hear about it. So everybody, I'm Tanya. I run a digital consultancy, marketing consultancy, and we work with tech-enabled companies, tech startups, and consultancies to go to market with new products and services and probably also help them reposition their brands when necessary. And um, I love stories. This is one of the things that I have been able to leverage extensively um, to start my company and to, to get where I am today. I started writing on social media, primarily Facebook, and that's how I would get clients writing inside Facebook groups, and that has has evolved with that. So I'm a copywriter, empowered copy, empowering copywriter, and storytelling is something that I do quite well and that I have leveraged in different campaigns to get market shade, not only for ourselves, but also for clients and establish themselves, especially when they are the newcomers, the Davids, and they're trying to destabilize the Goliaths of industry. So essentially, in a nutshell, that's who we are. All right. Thank you so much, Tanya. I appreciate your presence here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is it. I didn't tell you that I won the award there, but anyway, that's what happened. I didn't find it to be very interesting, just taking a smartphone, going around and start asking people questions. And at the end of the day, you put it together, everybody's happy. That is powerful. All right. Now, this is, uh, that is just to say that um, if we learn how to leverage this little tool that we have, because we already have the most powerful tool in our hand, which is the telephone. Of course, you add that one to your computer because I know most of you do have computer. You don't have any limitation. You can tell any type of story and you can really win big award like I did. No, my own was a small city. Okay, I, I count it like that. But if you take your smartphone, you can do a thing that can make you win big international award. No? So don't look at it that you are limited. You are not limited at all. All right, so that project is actually what led me yeah yeah tanya say i actually want to jump in here i just want to jump in here because i love what you just touched on because um one thing that a lot of people don't know when i started freelancing is that i didn't have a computer i didn't have a laptop i had a phone and i had to borrow a friend's laptop to work or go to an internet cafe i'm not sure if it's popular in other parts of the world and i literally did that on social media tell stories and take movies and use that to tell marketing stories and how what it could teach people on what they should do with their businesses. And that's literally what created the first few clients that I got and writing those stories inside Facebook groups and stuff like that ended up like landed me clients like in the what, like at the time, $500, $1,000. And I was so shocked that I could write on social media and I could get clients and I, a particular time it landed me a $4,000, $5,000 client just for by writing stories in less than an hour and putting it in the Facebook group. So I love digital technology and I'm really excited about the subject today. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for saying that. And and of course, uh, because a lot of attention here is, uh, is lay also uh, on the African diaspora, I just want to spend a few seconds uh, 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 try to provoke a little, a little bit that as a people, as African diaspora, as Africans, we need to actually leverage the tool that we have, the telephone that we have in our hands. We can use it to challenge our story. Let's document our experience. It is very important. Own your voice. That is the gospel we are preaching here. You need to own your voice. From now on, nobody should tell your story. You should be the one telling your story. Don't complain that you don't have computer. You don't have the high-end telecamera. You don't need that. You don't absolutely need that. Like Tanya said, the smartphone that you have is enough. All right, I just that that was just by the way. So from that project, I created a five-part book series uh, about storytelling, which is a storytelling about uh, content creators and small businesses. Because after having interviewed hundreds of people of uh, African descent, uh, people in businesses, people in politics, people in uh, regular life, I have learned that storytelling is powerful. That the, being able to tell your story is a powerful position that you can be. So I said, what can I do? Let me put what I have learned together into a book that somebody can also learn from it. That is how this book series came about. And since the book series has been published, I started this, uh, this session where we are uh, trying to uh, let people understand that they can actually use story 
in whatever they are doing. But of course, in this case, we are looking at storytelling. Let, let me just uh, add also that, yes, the books are available on Amazon. You can go there, get a copy for yourself and read. And please do share with me your experience, your feeling, what you think about it uh, so that I can also learn from you because I learned from somebody and I'm sharing with you. You read it, then I also learn from you that you let me understand what you feel about my writing. We are talking about digital storytelling today. What is digital storytelling? Please give all the kind of um, a background on that. So digital storytelling is essentially you leveraging digital technology to tell stories. So that could be your social media, that could be your your videos, audios like this one, audio rooms, leveraging these platforms. I mean, we all love maybe, I don't know, there's a lot of ladies here. I think we're all guilty of that. A good old you know crime story that happened that we all listen to usually in those podcasts and we love listening to them so you leverage different type of platforms such as that technology to tell stories and with businesses you can leverage these type of platforms to also tell the story of your business share the narrative of your business the narrative of your product and also share success stories in order to drive revenue and i love storytelling um because it's something that works pretty well especially when you are a smaller business and you are coming into an environment and you're disrupting i work a lot with startups so you're trying to disrupt uh, industries that have been around for the longest time, over 50 years, over 30 years, over 100 years. If you, you run a fintech, you're trying to disrupt a 100 years um, industry, for example. And the thing is, with that, we have learned to do things in a particular way. So when you're bringing something new, technology, you are trying to teach people to do something new. You're trying to tell them, hey, I don't think that that works. This should work. But because we are used to a way of doing things, we don't really like change. Human beings, we don't like change. So with stories, it's one of the way that companies, especially when you don't have a budget, you can't compete on TV. You can leverage digital platforms to tell the story of your business and get in front of the right people and actually hack it hack the brain, I like to say it's not nice, but it's basically hacking the brain because when you are telling stories, you are activating three parts of the brain. And these three parts of the brains are the reasons that how we make decisions. So you have your cognitive thinking, which is a logical way of doing things. And we love to think that we're logical, but we're not. Then we have our limbic system. This is where your motivation exists, our, our feelings and our emotions. And then we have a pleasure center, why we get excited when we see something nice, when we we, we watching our, our favorite show and we really excited about it. That's usually your pleasure center. So one thing is now when you tell stories is it's the only thing that activates all three parts. And in order for you to make decisions, your limbic system needs to speak to your cognitive thinking and say that, hey, this is right, this should be done, this makes me feel good. And the pleasure center will be like, yeah, this definitely feels, makes us feel good. And then obviously the logic kicks in. So with that, when you tell stories, that's the only way you can speak to all three parts of the brain because otherwise, if you like to only speak to the, I like to say people in the B2B space, they say, no, we um, stories don't work in a B2B setting because we are logical. And I actually shared a story yesterday where I shared the story of a fictional character called Anna, where um, somebody, a cybersecurity company is pitching Anna. She's a CSO of a company, but Anna is currently facing a, a situation at home where her husband lost a job. She now has three kids to look after and she's a sole breadwinner. And now you coming to pitch her your cybersecurity services. Anna is scared. She's scared that if she makes a mistake and she throws a lot in with you, if something goes wrong, while well, she gets kicked out of a company and she loses a job and her family is at risk. So obviously emotions are involved there. So when you're tr only trying to speak to Anna, trying to show the logic of why your offer is great, well, you're not actually convincing Anna because Anna will say no because she'll rather keep doing what she's currently doing because, hey, it's safe and it doesn't rock the boat and her family is safe. So that's one of the things that I like to bring about when um, people kick out against storytelling. So this is the way you do it with technology and then you actually reach people a lot better. I don't know if that makes sense. 
it makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for that, uh, Tanya. That, that is very powerful. You know, uh, emotion, you can never temper on that if you want to be successful in storytelling. Uh, <laughs> of course, we, here we have touched it a number of times that if for us to be able to connect with other people, we must leverage emotion. In fact, emotion is actually what makes story work. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be the reason for several millennials of why people pay attention to story. And of course, sometimes it goes beyond just the human being. Uh, we have to look also at other, other species with which uh, we are cohabiting uh, in this world. Uh, they also leverage their own type of emotion in, in, in that type of story. But because animals also have a way of doing their story. But of course, here we are talking about uh, our, our human story. And emotion is really very powerful. Thank you for that sharing. All right, now we have uh, Izu. I think I pronounced the name correctly. Izu Emanuel. All right, share something with us in line with what we are having today. Please go on. All right. Thank you so much, Obehi and um, Tanya. Very good to be here. This is my first time of being on your stage. And I'm like a, a new bird on the space of Club um, LinkedIn. I lost my first account, but that's aside. I was really compelled to join your room when I heard or saw the topic storytelling for business using digital technology and Tyre has already done a good job i think i liked what you said when you um, said that storytelling is about owning one's voice owning your story so i would just say very in a very brief format that storytelling is what brings people together storytelling is what brings businesses together Storytelling is what brings nations together. There is no business, there is no successful venture devoid of a story. And when we talk about story here, we talk about your ability to be able to turn any experience into a fabulous story. So the other day I hosted a room on um, in the app called Clubhouse on the breakfast with the champions on one of the moderators there. So I said to them, if you want to turn any experience into a fabulous story, you have to be one person who understands the value of story. So every day you live your life, you have lots of experiences. Every day you live your life, you have lots of encounters. Your ability to take note of those experiences is what would separate you from many other people. And I'm proudly a Nigerian man, an African man, but due to the nature of my work, I'm always traveling. Whenever I travel out to this course of people, I always say to them, I am proud to sound my gong. And by sounding your gong, you are boldly telling your stories. And the final thing I'm gonna say here is this, Every platform you come on here, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you can use them as digital mediums to relate your story to the world. And it mustn't be too long. You can share stories in few words. With four words, you can share a story. With five words, you can share a story. Very good example, like myself. Let me share a very short story. So to give an example, I'll yield the mic to you. A couple of years ago, I came from an environment that never granted me the access to relate my intelligence and my ideas. I had so much to say, but my environment stopped me, mitigated me, and made most ideas not to be rock solid. But one day, exactly in 2009, I decided to invest in public speaking invest in storytelling and systematic ways to be able to share my ideas. And right from that moment, I decided to find my voice. And not only finding my voice, I decided to help many other people to find their voices. So this short story has many components. You don't have to put all the components in it. Just talk about the experience, share the call to action, and your story will be rock solid. Many thanks to you, Obehi, for granting me the privilege to speak on your stage. My name is Izu Samuel. I yield the mic to you, my friend. Thank you so much, Izu. And remain there because you are so valuable. And so yeah, probably we might pass some question to you. Of course, more of your experiences is going to be needed uh, because at the end of the day, you see, 
uh, when you are sharing your story, people are automatically connected to you. Because I, I think storytelling is something that we really need to deeply study. Because it connects every part, like you already pointed out, it connects every part of our daily. Now, I was making an example uh, with, some, uh, with some guests. I think it was in, in another room like this. I was saying, now, let's take a moment. Let's freeze the time and examine the situation that have happened, not in our lifetime, but not too far away. Say maybe in 1930, 1935, 1936, before the start of the Second World War, the people in Germany, they were all living together, having a good time, marrying, having fun, going to work together, going to the same supermarket, working in the barn, going to the farm. Everything was perfectly fine. But somebody suddenly told them a different story. That these same people that you are living with are not your friends. They are your enemy. That will lead to the massacre of a lot of Jew Jewish people in Germany. Of course, you all know the story. Out of 6 million people, we are told, died. Because somebody managed to change the narration. Now, as African, as people of African descent, you perhaps are aware of how, for example, stories were used against, against people of Africa for the purpose of colonialism, slavery, and all of it. it now, what I'm trying to say in a very simple terms is that story can be used to mali a people like um, Chimamanda will say, but story can also be used to build a people. For example, because I'm here in Europe, I just try to make an, an, uh, some instances. We see how the European uh, take stand at the Renaissance that what is going to happen in Europe from this time on is going to put the European at the center of the narration. That was a key message of the Renaissance movement that the human being was going to be at the center of everything that was going to happen. And it really it did happen. So what I'm saying is that with story, we can change the world. But who betide us if we allow another person to tell our story? Because we are cut off from existence. Because it then, it will depend on the benevolence of another person, if it's a good person, to remember us in our own story. This is something that we already own, our story. So story is powerful. We must own the voice. We must own the ability to be able to tell our story. We must never, never allow somebody else to tell our story for us, whether in the area of business, in politics, in religion. It have always remained a powerful instrument at our disposal. We can always learn it. We see what Izu did. He knew that he wanted to learn more about how to master the soul communication and he studied it and he became a master in it. Any of us can do this. Alright, I come to you, Tanya. Uh, what would you share with us uh, about maybe some useful digital tool that we can explore today in our storytelling? I think we, we are currently, thank you for this question, first of all, but we are currently leveraging one of these platforms, right? You just shared a couple of stories. So audio rooms, you have platforms such as Clubhouse, you have platforms such as LinkedIn, where you are allowed to have these uh, platforms where you can have these rooms. Think of it as a conference room where you can have people. You can have Zoom rooms. You have YouTube. YouTube University is one of the most the the favorite ones that I love because hey, when I think about it, I mean I watch more YouTube than I watch TV. I don't I don't own any cable TV. I use that for entertainment. I use that for for almost everything, for research, for work, to upload my own content on there. You have podcasts. Um, if you are not comfortable uh, filming yourself. Podcasts are great, and they are really gaining um, ground in terms of popularity. They, and it's still a, a growing medium that there's not enough day. You, there's definitely room for you um, on podcast platforms. There's room for you for podcasts. I listen to more podcasts than I watch videos, just to put it out there, for example, and audio podcast, right? 
then you have writing one of the that's the my favorite one i'm a writer so writing so you have social media where you can write on your timeline and turn that into a mini blog um, i love to think of writing on social media such as mini blogging micro blogging and micro blogging um on social media is a way is a medium a platform that you can leverage to tell stories around your business around what you are doing where you come from your stories around your business your narrative right micro blogging inside communities on social medias you have your own platform but also inside other platforms it's such an amazing way to gain visibility because think about it there's a community maybe with a hundred thousand people even if you don't get in front of a hundred thousand people you'll get in front of 500 people 300 people a thousand people two thousand people that would not have known about you and within those people that you get in front of they are people that are gonna resonate with your story so those are some of the platforms that you can definitely leverage and use to start telling your own stories and of course your own website that one should never be neglected because over time it will pay you dividends thank you so much for that tanya uh, now, I want us to do something. I want us to demystify the idea that uh, digital storytelling is maybe complicated or maybe unreachable. Anyway, I already shared my story with you just now that I, I use just something that looked like a, a small smartphone to create the first documentary in my project, uh, The Journey Africans in Verona. Uh, now, let me expand on that a little bit uh, because when I came to Italy in 2004, Okay, I've already been a writer then. I've been writing. I've always loved writing. I published my first book in Nigeria uh, before I came here. But I didn't know anything about um, about video, how to do editing or anything like that. One day, I, a friend of mine just gave me, uh, I don't know, I was in, a, in his office, uh, an Italian priest. He gave me uh, a video editing software. I think his software was called Ulid. That was version 8, if I'm not mistaken. So I took it home. By then, I have bought a, an old computer. I bought it in a, a used item a place, a store. It was a very old computer, but I just needed it because I was alone in the house. So I just needed something to keep me company. And, and because I could write, uh, and I could write it in the computer, it was fascinating for me. Now, this guy is giving me an editing software. I didn't have any clue about it. I wasn't really going on, on YouTube by that time to even learn about it because it didn't just occur to me that I could even do this. Then I took the Ulit Video Studio home. I started on my system myself. Then no, what I want to say is that nobody actually taught me how to do video editing. What I did, like Tanya was saying, was that after that moment, I started to go to YouTube to find out how people do editing from simple things as cut. I have to learn it online. So I learned how to cut. I know how to stitch. That one was because all the process of putting now, because now I do video for businesses, uh, because in our storytelling services, I do video for businesses, which at the end of the day, I am happy. They are happy. That is what business is essentially about. Either I can render a service to you, which you like, which I like, which allow, permit you to exchange money for me in exchange for what I do for you. That is business. If I can do it at that level, it means okay uh, it's not really uh, a bad thing also because if i can win an award with it you mean okay it's not really um such a, a bad job at the end of the day but what i'm saying is that uh, as a small business owner you don't need to say you cannot do it you can do it just start where you are you can learn how to edit your small stories it can be just you standing in front of your phone uh, just say your story, put it out there. Listen, you don't need to be perfect. I want to repeat that again. You don't need to be perfect to start. Just start. You want to make mistake? It's perfectly fine. Go ahead and make your mistake, but make sure your face is there. Later on, it is after, after much, much later that you are going to review what you are doing now. Because what is going to happen is not what you are creating. It's not your destination that is actually the, the thing that you should focus on. It's, your, it's what you are learning. Which key are you acquiring now? Because you got to a point that you might decide to delete all the content that you have created and you can recreate new one again. 
Because what is important after all can never be what you are creating, but your ability to create it. So if you are interested in using digital story, using digital in your storytelling, there is nothing absolutely stopping you. If you have a telephone, if you have a smartphone, you can start. That is all you need. I've said my own. Uh, we have uh, Tanya there. We have uh, Izu there. Would you like to share some of your experience starting out using digital technology to tell your story? I mean, not when you become a professional because you are a professional now. I want you to share with me when you didn't know how to do it. What did you do? Please, either Izu or Tanya. Um, Izu, do you want to take that first or should I? Please, ladies first. When I started with this, I think I just had an idea, right? So just like you, I started with U the University of YouTube. But eventually what I did um, in the initial days when I was starting out, I wanted to get a mentor. I identified somebody. But your girl did not have no money to actually get that. And the mentor I ident identified was American. Now, we all know the RAND and the USD were not friends even back then, right? So what I did, I actually reached out to those copywriter and I was like, hey, my name is so-and-so and, -so, and um, I really love what you're doing. I love how you're able to do that. And I know that you train people um, in what you do and they pay you for, they pay you. But I come from South Africa and I definitely can't afford to pay you what you're charging because it's a lot of money in my currency. But what I'm really willing to do is work for you for free in exchange for the skills. And that's how I first, after I learned on YouTube, the basics of copywriting. And then I got an internship, unpaid internship with somebody to learn copywriting. And at the time that was direct response. And eventually, um, when once I learned that and started making money from that, uh, what I'd, I've done for the longest time is trade money for time. So I would pay mentors to learn the skills that I wanted. So when I, I felt that um, direct response copywriting was not working as well as I wanted it to, I started um, thinking about why it wasn't working. And a lot of times, a lot of the clients I would work with were newer in the business and they did not have that brand equity that often was needed. Now, here's the thing. You can be great at copywriting, right? But if you don't have brand equity, people will not trust you. Branding is very important. So I was I started thinking about how could I help my clients with branding? And I learned about empowering copy and persuasive copywriting. And I was like, okay, where do I learn? I identified somebody and then took the program to learn and started implementing it not only in in our own business, my own business. And I saw a difference and started implementing it um, to on clients' businesses and that really helped as well. So my thing was I started, then I identified where I was falling short and I was like, hey, I don't have the, 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 the money right now. Let me learn the skills. I can trade. So there's only two things that you can pay for anything in life with. You either pay with time because you trade your time for money when you work. So you, you pay with time to get the money or you have money and you buy for the, you pay for the convenience. So for me, I leverage both of them to learn. Thank you so much for that. That is a, another important and great strategy there. I believe the people in the audience are listening. Anyway, uh, we will see drag most of you here just now to share also your experience because I know that each of you have gotten your experience. That is actually the value at the end of the day, our story. And you must own your story. All right, Izu, please share with us. All right, thank you so much. And that was a fantastic share by Tanya. I like it when people use what they have to you know attract what they don't have so that strategy works and it's it's a universal strategy yeah as for myself when i started storytelling journey my experience experience in, in um, storytelling the first thing i did was that i drafted the idea just like Tanya said the concept of having an idea cannot be overemphasized you need to have an idea 
there are concepts that makes for storytelling. There are different natures of storytelling. Do you want to tell stories about nature? Do you want to tell stories about history? Would you like to tell stories about um, economy, politics? For myself, I wanted to tell stories around politics, education, and humanity, which has to do with history. And I needed quality materials. I needed quality materials. I, I wanted to project it with some sense of class. So what I did was that I designed the idea and I did not do it on my own. I had to speak to one of my mentors. So that brings us to the first thing you need to have a mentor who guides you through the journey that you're taking as a person and as a professional to be. So I got to my mentor. I told my mentor that I had something I wanted to share with him. And he was so generous enough to break the idea with me. And he gave me a structure upon which I used to design the concept of that idea. And I was done designing the concept of that idea. The next thing I did was that I reached out to people who could fund that idea. So this is like a very long process, though I wanted, I know, I knew what I was going to. So I, I didn't just want to start anyhow. I wanted to really start, but it took a lot of time. It took a lot of energy. So I started looking for people who were ready to give their money, the OPM other people's money so i went to my church for rich men in my church went around my community sought for rich men in my community went to different networks my school platforms wrote on facebook wrote on instagram did all of those and most of them i think i got about five of them so they invested some little money i got some um i got a very good phone a samsung at the time then I got some lights, then got one little camera at the time. And the next thing, let me not forget the, the, the sequence of this experience. The second thing I did was that I learned the skills. I learned the skills of video editing. I learned it. I paid about little amount of money in my currency at the time to learn that how to edit videos and how to edit pictures. So the person taught me. It was just as if I was given a scholarship. It was really cheap. So after that, I started looking for people who could fund the idea and all of that. So I got people. I started publishing some stories. I started telling stories. I went from school to school. And then I started spotlighting the best of the students in those schools to tell us the secret behind how they excelled. I went to universities, spotlighted excellent students, and also spotlighted students who were struggling. So for them to share most of those ideas. So I started shooting it out and different platforms started paying attention to what I was doing. Local radio stations, local television stations. And from there, some of them started inviting me. That was where I got connected to the TED, now TEDx, and then spoke on the platform. Then I began to understudy how to also give people more opportunities to come on the TED platform to share their stories. But the overall concept of what I'm sharing here is this. You have to have an idea of what you want to do as a storyteller. You can't be a storyteller who tells all the stories. No, no. There is the need for you to niche down to the concept that you are meant for. The second thing is, you may have to learn a skill. If you don't want to learn a skill, you can bring in someone who can help you. It's called collaboration. So you could get someone to help you. The time I learned it, I learned how to do it. And in the process, I got some people who started coming around to help me. But yourself, you can decide to get someone to collaborate with you whilst you're building the idea the person is executing in terms of tech. And the other thing you need to do is if you don't have the resources, you can apply online. You can talk to people about it on this LinkedIn. You can make posts and let the potency of your idea be something that is um, that seeks to solve problems. You know, today we have lots of ideas, flashes upon flashes of ideas. But most of those ideas are not potent enough to drive the solutions that we are sorting out in our society today. So those were the just part of what I did. And um, Obehi, I wouldn't lie to you as well. I did not joke with walking on the shoulders of people who have been there before me. 
I had to reach out to people on Instagram, Facebook. I remember sending on monthly basis, I sent over 100 messages. I was working hard, 100 plus messages, looking for people. And I just got people, 100 messages. I could get like eight people respond, 10 people respond. And those people eventually became part of the people who pushed me, who inspired me, who educated me, and who motivated me. So from there, a lot of things started happening. But the bedrock of everything I have said here today is essentially that if you don't take action, all those flashes of ideas would never amount to anything significant. And your ability to tell stories is not just about yourself. When you tell stories, you also give people opportunity to tell their own stories. So if you are planning, I want the best of materials, the best of equipment. <laughs> no, decide to take action. And when you take action, things will begin to happen. And let me say this very controversial thing. Stop thinking big. Stop thinking big. Start thinking small and start doing those small things in big ways. Because the biggest challenge we have today is that many people want to do big things. They want to do it very big. No, me. I want to do it very small. I want, I want to think big and do it in a very big way. Because thinking big can be a very strong limitation on most people, people's minds. Now, if you get to the height of, um, to the point where Obehi must have gotten to, Tanya has gotten to, you cannot start thinking of doing big things, right? But for now, if you don't have the equipment, you don't have the resources, think small and implement those small ideas in very big and fundamental ways. I'm not sure I made a lot of sense, but don't forget to think small and take big actions. Over to you, my brother, Obehi. Thank you so much, uh, Izu. That is very powerful. That is very, very powerful. And I believe the audience um, have got it, this sense of it, uh, really, really powerful. Um, all right, it's like, Tanya, I don't know, you, you wanted to see something. I see you flashing your mic there. Uh, is it like you wanted to add something to that? Yeah, I wanted to add something to that. Thank you, Izu. This is such a powerful share. And that you most people um often do not take into account starting small starting where you are and taking major steps because if you start today and you give yourself six months you will be a lot further six months down the line than if you wait six months to start right and this is some what a lot of people don't take into consideration. I actually wanted to add this thing on storytelling. I don't know if everybody has heard, Google just launched um, their own calendar um, option, kind of like Calendly, arrival to Calendly. Now we all know Google has the weight to go again, up against Calendly. So when somebody shared that on, on social media yesterday on Facebook, I got really excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm going to add, because they were like, it's free. The one, the, the professional option that Calendly has over there with um, Google is free. And it's you can set it up in five minutes. Now, I immediately went to Google. Now, I'll check here what my brain did. My brain kicks in and reminds me, oh, this is an immigrant, an African immigrant business, remember? And that's from stories that I've heard of him, of heard him speak about when he was on podcast. Then my brain kicks in again and says, oh, do you remember that he, he supports minority he funds, he's an angel investor in minority owned businesses. Now, if you don't know, there, there is a, a report by McKinsey that was published late last month, or I believe this month, where minority-owned businesses, and this includes single mothers, women, um, LBTQI, as well as people of color are usually the least funded and usually have struggle to access funding to for their startups. And for me, that is something that is very important. Even when I work with startup founders, one of the things that I actually get them to pledge 
if I'm going to work on your go-to-market, you are going to pledge that you are going to fund a minority-owned startup in the future. This is a non-negotiable. If a client does not want to sign that, I refuse to work with you. That's something that is very important to me. And that's what, if this does not align with a client, it, it, we shouldn't be working together. Then it reminded me like, oh, do you remember that you actually also decided that you are going to be making sure to support minority-owned businesses. And these are female-led businesses and all of that. Immediately, my brain stopped me from actually getting on Google, right? On the Google News calendar. Uh, calendar. And that is the power of stories because it's not the features that kept me with Calendly. None of the features. Because when we speak about the features, Google is definitely going to beat Calendly. But it's the stories that aligns with my values that have kept me using the platform. And this is why it's really important for you as a, a business owner, founder, even if you are running a corporate, right? Because right now, all, all businesses are going to be disrupted. And even to attract talent, I'm a millennial. To work, for me to work with you, I just shared with you that if a business does not want in the future to pledge to invest in a minority-owned business, I don't want to work with you. So that is my value. And for a lot of millennials, Gen Zs, they are going to choose to work with you based on value alignment, not just money. So you being able to tell stories about your business is also going to enable you to attract top talent. Because here's something that often breaks with businesses is that you might have the demand in the market, you might have the perfect product, but you do not have talent, the correct talent to meet the demand. Or you might have the great product, but you cannot take market share because people do not identify with what you are selling. And the best way to identify with what people are selling, you want people to identify, are values, are what it like the benefits that it has for them and why they should even consider you. You are fighting not only against competitors, you are fighting with not doing anything. People often think about, oh, the, my competition is doing A, B, C, D. No, your competition is also them deciding not to solve that problem. So how are you going to speak to them about what happens if they choose not to, to solve that problem? Because you cannot come with features and more features and more features to convince them because they've made that decision. The only thing that will change their mind is tapping into their emotions that will be able to justify the logic. Because remember, stories speak to all three parts of the brain that are activated when you need to make decisions. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. I really do. Uh, story changes everything. If we understand the potency of that, the power of that, then we are going to treat story differently any other day. All right. I have another question for you, Tanya. Uh, and maybe uh, Izu can also respond uh, if you like. Because we are talking about uh, the use of digital storytelling or the use of digital uh, tool to be able to better leverage our storytelling, and we look around, you will agree with me that a lot of people are not taking advantage of that. So the question is, why? Why do you think some people, even though they have the possibility uh, to be able to leverage the tool that they have in their hand to be able to get more out of what they are putting out as a business, they are not doing it. Why? Tanya, why is that the situation? I think there's a, it's often because of misconceptions. Um, there's a misconception, especially because I'm in the B2B space. Um, a lot of people tend to think that, oh, um, everybody makes decisions. Logically, I don't need that. If people don't do that, don't need to hear stories. This is a lie that is from the pits of hell that are determined to have your, your business struggle. But also storytelling is a skill. I wasn't the storyteller that I am today, five years ago, three years ago, right? 
It's a skill that needs to be learned because there are different types of stories that need to be told at different points of the customer's journey to activate them to make decisions. So you telling your origin story when somebody is in consideration phase will do nothing for the sale. Whereas you telling a conversion story or a customer sex, a customer hero story when they are in consideration stage will do a lot more to move the sale along. So it is a skill that is learned, especially in business. There are different ways you can use stories. But in business, we all know we want that ching ching in the bank, right? We all want the the PayPal, the stripes, we want the the revenue to grow and we want to have investors happy. Now, in order to do that and you're telling stories, stories will move people through the customer's journey, but the stories that you say you tell at different parts of the journey are completely different. If somebody is at the decision-making stage, they think they are ready, you're telling them a, a story on your narrative won't work, but you sharing your narrative um, prior to that might make them aware of your brand and have them identify with you and your values. So it's a skill that is learned. You either learn or you work with experts to implement that in your business, but it's primarily that. It's either the misconception that, that to think that, oh, it doesn't work, but hey, if politicians leverage this shamelessly, look at all political campaigns, I challenge you to look at all political campaigns, you will see them leveraging storytelling and you're not aware of that. This is why you have people root so much for Republicans and other root so much for Democrats. You will have people who root so much for the ANC and root, others who root so much for the DA. It's because they leverage storytelling to polarize people into their narrative so that they can support them. So it's used in all spectrum of society. So if you are choosing not to use that in your own business, you are choosing to lose. Because if you are trying thinking that, oh, nah, girl, I don't need that. I'm going to turn on ads and I'm going to track people with cookies. Well, next year cookies are going away. You're going to need first party data. You're going to have be one to have people identify with you because you might not be able to just track and and probably target. We don't know how it's going to look like, but you might not be able to target your your competition users just like that. So you're going to have to create this narrative to attract the audience so that you have first party data you can so you can advertise to them. Now, how are you planning to do that without stories? Because how are you going to capture people's attention in a scrolling forever kind of environment that we live in? I mean, we all probably are addicted to our phone and social media at this point. And we're constantly scrolling. You bored, you scroll. You you bored, you get on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you scroll. You bored, you get on Facebook, you scroll. You you get on threads, you get on Twitter. It, all the time um, scrolling. So how are you going to cap do you plan to capture attention? Because people are sensitized to ads. And I don't know about you. But I'm paying for YouTube Premium not to, to, to get ads, right? I'm scrolling past most ads, right? Unless I'm trying to, um, to analyze competitors to figure out what's working for clients. So how is that working out for you? If you're not implementing that, I'm just going to ask you a rhetorical question. How is that working out for you? <laughs> I like the question. And, and I'm also going to leave it like that. I'm going to go to respond to that. I leave it for our audience to uh, to ponder over that, and of course they can take it home, uh, so that uh, uh, it, it can work. It can work for us. You see, if in every part of life, storytelling continue to become a reoccurrence. Okay, now if you go to meet a psychologist, maybe there is a problem. Uh, I don't know, if you have a dream that is a monster trying to attack you in the night and for this reason you are afraid, you go to meet a psychologist. You know, in Africa, we have a lot of psychologists, although we don't call them psychologists, no? But if you have a bad dream, you go to meet somebody. That person you go to meet, call him whatever you want. I'm talking of Africa now, no? Who is going to interrogate you? 
who is going to do something like this? Um, what happened yesterday? Uh, your father, uh, your generation, where you are coming from, basically, is going to be asking you, uh, who is your grandmother? It's going to be asking you stories about you. What did you eat? At the end of the day, after you have narrated your story to him or her, and you have had an engagement, it's going to make you a prescription. What has happened there? That is story. Okay, let's say that is irrelevant. Let's call it a witch daughter. Let's come to a non-witch daughter. Uh, a typical uh, Western or European daughter. Because you were not feeling very good. So you come to me this... Um, so you come to me this uh, uh, this daughter. Uh, you don't know what is happening to you. What is the daughter going to talk, uh, do with you? It's going to ask you a question again. It's going to make you narrate your story. Like, if you say you were having stomach pain, it's going to start by asking you, what did you eat? That is story. You are going to have to remember what you ate. Anyway, for Izu, I want to ask you something. Because I have shared my example, you have shared your example, Tana have shared her example. Can you maybe tell me, because you also did say something interesting, that you needed to learn from other people. You, you use the word standing on the shoulder of others to learn. That is a beautiful thing. Is there some people out there, some industries, some businesses out there that you think or you see to be using uh, digital storytelling correctly that maybe other people can learn from? This time, you're not talking about me, you're not talking about you, you're not talking about Tanya, so that the audience can see that, yes, other businesses out there are actually doing it. Can you share anything in that line? <clears throat> Thank you so much. Obehi for that very brilliant question and very good share and great question, rhetoric question by Tanya. Amazing. Awesome. Uh, okay, if we can just engage the audience a little bit, please. Hello, audience. If you are getting value from this room this moment, please, can you put an emoji? Can we see some emojis before we continue, please? I just got only one. Oh my gosh. Only one person. Uh, really? Only one? Seriously? Only oh. Uh, uh, that's incredible. All right, so we may have to just continue. Okay, we got three. We got three. Okay. All right, so we got four already. All right, we got five also. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We appreciate you all. Now, to answer that question very straight up, I would say this to you, Obehi. Um, the first platform I would recommend that all of those here would go check out is the platform called the TEDx platform. TEDx platform. It's on the YouTube. It's all over the internet. And the TEDx is connected to the TED. So when you go there, you listen to great ideas. And those ideas are all subject to fantastic stories. The next platform I would recommend that you go on would be there is this platform called EXFOTEL. EXFOTEL. You can Google it. Or I could, um, if you, well, I could find a way. I could just send that name to Obehi. When you go there as well, you would have access to very short and relatable stories. Short and relatable stories. Now, there are also enclosed platforms where you can go and have access to short, short stories that you can also learn from. And the idea is when you go onto those platforms, you have to be meticulous to pay attention to what exactly they are doing and how they are doing what they are doing. So TEDx platform, ex and most other enclosed platforms, like um, Tanya mentioned, there is this platform, this um, tech stuff which was initiated by Google I'm sure that Google is also working towards having what is called storyboard room. There is what they are working on, storyboard room. What that entails is that you can share your stories in a few minutes and put them out, put them up in the boardroom and save them, right? So it's going to be a, a story bank, sort of um, data bank, where you can put on those information into that platform as well. Yeah, so um, do I have any other one to recommend? Okay, so the final thing I would say to you all is this. Please, um, 
most of the people here who would be wondering how can I even tell my stories? One challenge I have observed, both with working with the Al Jazeera and all of those platforms. Also, you can check out Al Jazeera. We have short, short stories about Africa, Asia, and Europe. You can check them. <laughs> we call the shots, right? So you check those short, short stories and long, long stories as well and understand the structure that you can use in telling your own stories. But most people experience this level of fatigue in being able to tell their stories because they don't know how to communicate. Communication is important. And I think um, Obehi and Tanya will touch on this before we all go. Public speaking is important. You need to learn how to communicate your stories, how to communicate your ideas, your experiences. It's really important where you have the pathos, you have the logos, and you have the ethos. Those three components, you have to master how to use them in turning your experiences into fabulous stories. So with those, I will yield my mic to you, Obehi, and thanks a lot, you all, for listening in. Thank you so much, uh, Izu. You, you are such a, a great resources. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. All right, uh, Tanya. Uh, you are going to be the one that have the last question today. And you know, you are the a great princess of the room. Uh, we appreciate you always. Uh, we, um, we appreciate the value that you are adding here. Now, what do you think are some of the practical tips for beginner on getting started with digital storytelling? What would you recommend for them to get started with? Please go. Oh, child. Now, that's not an easy question. <laughs> 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 it's like you, you just bumped the whole room, yeah. Well, the, I don't think there's an easy, I'm not going to lie. It, there's no easy way to start. But some some way to start is probably thinking about um, learning certain frameworks. The platform is irrelevant, whether it is video, whether it is a podcast, whether it is audio like this one the platform is irrelevant it's often the way you structured stories and knowing which story to to put together so one of the things that i love to tell people when we work for example with startups i'll be like hey let's first start on your origin story because your origin story is one of the reasons why your business is even going to exist right and also learning how to put your narrator so i created a framework that I actually teach um, our students at Whistle Academy. And I'm just going to try to go over it a little bit, but it takes a little bit of time to understand that. So there are two ways you use that. I like to think of it as PayPal. So it's P-E-P-E-L. So it's problem. So the, it's usually the problem that somebody would be facing. So whether that's your audience, whether it is you or whatever. So there's a problem, there's an event that is happening. And then you have e emotions. What are the emotions that are being evoked through that? And why it's really, it's, they're feeling that way. Then you have P, which is Again, the pain. I don't know if anybody, everybody's following that. Everybody's, if, let me first, before I continue, because I, I, I see everybody's leaving. I need to see at least five people, some emojis before I actually continue. Um, I need to see some actions, some reactions. Are we hearing me? Okay, I got five. So everybody got their pain here, right? Everybody has their pain? I'm, I'm laughing here, Tanya. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. We have some reactions because it was quiet. It was so quiet. I was like, are we are we here? Are we here? So we have your emotions, then we have your your pain, which should be also your peak. So your peak could be like the 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 last true, the last true that the some the person is feeling. Like what is a what are they feeling? Why are they feeling that? This is the last throw. And then you have in the encouragement where they feel like, okay, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And you have your lesson or your call to action with that. So this is, we are called that PayPal because I wanted something that, relate, that rhymes with PayPal. 
So that's the that's the framework that we use to get paid. All right, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Uh, like always, time is not always our friend. The value we are sharing here is so is so interesting that uh, yeah, time usually comes to an end that fast. Where uh, the value re, uh, repeat again is so rich here. So thank you all of you that have uh, shared here. Uh, thank you, uh, Izu. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, but anyway, Izu, you you need to tell people how they can connect with you because we appreciate the value that you shared here as a minimum, as a minimum. But tell people how to connect with you before we, as we are moving close to the room because the room is getting close now. All right. Thank you so kindly, Obehi. A well for I've been checking out your platform here and I see you've been so consistent in what you're doing here. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Izu Samuel. You can find me here. Um, I showed up here recently on LinkedIn. I lost one of my accounts I was usually active on. Izu Samuel is my name. Once you click on my head, you see what I do and who I am. And you can also find me on the clubhouse. Um, I think I have a better force on the clubhouse than here, but I'm trying to bring that over to LinkedIn as well. And I'm also on Instagram, meet Izu Samuel. So those are the platforms where you can find me and I look forward to connecting with you all. Thank you, Obehi, and nice meeting you, Atanya. Talk to you soon. Over to you, Obehi. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Tanya, what will be your final message? We are, we are closing the room now. Hi, well, thank you guys so much for staying with us throughout. So if you want to get hold of the framework, I'm heading that. I have a community called the Business Create Insider. It is a community that literally funds a lot of my passions. So it, the vault, the framework will be added on the inside the vault. And also it, it will give you some examples on how to craft that. But other than that, I'm here on LinkedIn, very active here. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, as shared earlier, I run a consultancy where we work with tech-enabled companies, tech startups, and consultancies on the go-to-market. So if you have such projects coming up, I'll be really interested to speaking with you, and we can just jam and see how we could work together. But there's also a newsletter that I write um, every Saturday where I share tips on marketing. Those are the only time I allow you to pick my brain. So if you drop me an email through and you're a subscriber to the email newsletter, I will respond with an entire strategy on Saturday. Those emails are not recent. It goes out at 3 p.m. South African time or 9 a.m. EST. You miss it, you are out. So if you're interested in that, feel free to reach out to me and I'll share with you the link to join the family there. Thank you so much, Tanya. I appreciate the time. I appreciate all of you that have been here. Uh, if you want to learn more about storytelling, um, you can check out the five-part book series, Storytelling for Small Businesses and Content Creator. Uh, it's on Amazon. Of course, you can also check it out uh, on Obehi, A1Food.com. That is my personal website, uh, where you can also find other books that I have written. Uh, yes, uh, of course, come back here next time. We are here every two weeks uh, where we talk about uh, storytelling because we believe that we need to continue to feed on this important um <laughs> or this important tool that we need it in everything not only in business but also in other areas of our life so every two weeks we come here to talk about storytelling so talk to you again in two weeks time so thank you so much izu thank you tanya and thank you to all of you in the audience who have been here listening to us i appreciate all of you 